everyone. Welcome to the Business for Builders podcast. Uh, welcome to you if you're in YouTube land. Uh, my name's Max Peterson, and uh, it's good to be here with you. And thanks for your ear. Thanks for your time. Today, I mean, as usual, we want to try and provide you with some value and some something to think about. And today is definitely going to be one of those days which is probably a little more intangible. It's not sort of very nuts and bolts, steak and potatoes, as we like to say. But, um, you know, I, I often talk about the five pillars of success or the five pillars that will create a high-performance business. And one of those is mindset. And I think on our last episode, we chatted with my uh, my business partner and fellow CEO in Australia, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the power of mindset and the power of a good attitude. Um, today, we're going to, we're just, you know, I really want to drill down on, because of the industry that we're involved in, and I'm not talking about the construction industry or the construction business per se. What I'm talking about is the the uh, the 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 smaller vertical within the construction industry known as franchising. It's what we do. We have close to 100 franchises in three countries. And uh, you know we you know I guess the 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 principle or the the business model within the construction sector we've all heard about McDonald's and ANW and you know Kentucky Fried Chicken and all those kinds of hospitality franchises. But Franchises in the building industry are certainly very uncommon. It would be a small handful, a handful of brands that have used the business model successfully internationally to, uh, you know, to really develop and, and grow a brand. Um, and so, what I wanted to do is, you know, I, I spend a lot of my days in the the sales world, selling franchises to general contractors, uh, or at least talking about the opportunity with them, and a lot of the um, a, a lot of the pushback is fairly rhetorical. Uh, it's not like I hear something new very often uh, because it is, you know, coming from, you know, this might be my 32nd year in the building game. Uh, I kicked off in 1989 as an apprentice carpenter. And, uh, you know, there's not much that, that, that's going around that I haven't heard before. So it's interesting that, you know, if your, alt- your attitude determines your altitude, it really comes down to, I think we've all got to at some point embrace the future or embrace maybe something a little bit different. So I, I've said before that success lies outside your comfort zone. And so, you know, I'm going to talk about some principles today and, and give you some really black and white examples. And heck, um, now that I'm a little bit old and washed up, you may not have heard of some of these uh, brands that I'm going to quickly mention uh, as, an, as an example as to what happens when you don't take seriously that shit changes and and i think that you know what we're doing with smith and sons is we are really on the front of the curve uh although it is it is although we are 12 or 13 years doing what we do as smith and sons we are still very unorthodox or we're still deemed to very deemed to be very unorthodox and uh it certainly is very unusual uh for for a general contractor to be running around under the the banner of a a brand such as smith and sons but so this is where I want to get started. Uh, are you becoming obsolete, uh, antiquated at best, or are you, you know, maintaining relevance? And and I think you know, along with relevance, we've got to be uh, innovating and we've got to be reinventing the way we do business. And and sometimes that's relative or relevant or sorry, obviously that can be relating to technology changes in the marketplace, but certainly traditions within the construction sector is probably where you know we have an equal opportunity uh, as a brand to really uh, develop and, and really 
forge to the front of the pack, if you if you like. Um, we're very much around. We, you know, for us, we've immersed ourselves in the construction and building industry. We've really taken notice of what the dynamics in the industry are. We've adapted to that as far as a business model, and uh, I believe we're on the, you know, on the way to excelling at a high level internationally. Um, you know, doing what we do. Some examples of of things that became obsolete or antiquated at best. Uh, I've got a bit of a list here: phone books, phone booths, alarm clocks, encyclopedias, uh, photo film, fax machines, landlines, and CDs. It, they're just you know, there's there's some things which were just never going to last. Like we went from vinyl records to CDs. To now, all's I use is Spotify, and and of course, there's a bit of a romantic, you know, affiliation that people have with vinyl. And you know, I know a guy by the no, I don't know, and I don't know this guy, but I've heard the story of Dave Grohl how he went and recorded back on analog because he just loved the texture of the audio instead of being digitally or electronically produced. So, from a musical standpoint, um, you know, there's there's things that have become obsolete. Obviously, the likes of you know, Yellow Pages have. Uh, tried to reinvent themselves online, but it's there's just such an incredible amount of uh, competition from other third parties that offer that same sort of uh, directory-based um, lead generation process. Um, so you know, it's it's I think it's something worth thinking about as I get started here, and we'll talk about this for the next ten or fifteen minutes. But you know, I think you want to make sure that you're not becoming obsolete or or average. At best, perhaps let's talk general contractors. And if you're a guy, gal running a, uh, you know, a construction business, or even a contracting or a subcontracting business, you you want to always look for the competitive advantage. And as I, you know, run through a lot of the um, the sales uh, collateral that we use, and a lot of the training collateral that we use, we're always looking to sort of tweak that, you know. And it's and it's it's interesting to just look at some of the items within those training. Um, processes and and resources, materials, etc. That even in the last twelve months has become obsolete, or where we can improve or or develop uh, or make better, uh, more relevant. So, let me give you some examples. If you run a construction business and you think you're above uh, becoming left behind, um, average at best, I want to just run by you four major brands that you may or may not know. Uh, these are all started. You know, a long time ago, as much as a hundred years ago, some of these brands that I'm going to, you know, cover off in a minute, um, and how you know they ended up. So let's start with Blockbuster. I find that an amazing story. I think I just recently watched, ironically enough, uh, a documentary on the on the uh, the downfall of Blockbuster on Netflix, which is fairly ironic, because in early uh, early two thousands, Netflix offered to buy Blockbuster for fifty million dollars. Um, but they ignored that offer, and and of course, you know, the rest is history, as we say. And it's amazing how that you have a company that's as strong as Blockbuster, and I'm sure everyone in the room is going to nod their heads and say, "Well, yeah, I used to rent videos, and I'd love to walk through up and down the aisles and look at the latest re- releases and things like that." And there was definitely a you know a part of that process that you enjoyed, not just watching the video, but also to um, you know to go down there and talk about late fees. I'm sure everybody's paid their fair share of late fees through that uh, that little um, process. But um, the other brand, and and you really you know. They, they didn't take, and right at the end, you know, the way I'm going to wrap up, you know, this little bit of chit-chat 
Um, Blockbuster didn't really have the vision. They didn't see the vision that Netflix saw and they ultimately paid the price. Uh, the other brand is is Toys R Us. Uh, you know, they filed for bankruptcy in, in 2017 and uh, a lot of that was because they didn't embrace the power of the online uh, purchasing capabilities. And to give you an idea, Toys R Us started in 1948 and they had, uh, by this time, they had 700 stores. So, you know, I think you've got to be careful as general contractors that, you know, I think there's a balance. You know, you want to be you want to be content with what you're doing because patience is a big part of what we do in developing a business. But if if you get if you get complacent, so you you don't want to be you know it's it's okay to be a little you know to be content with what you're doing. But if you get complacent and think about well, this is the way that you know Dad built the company, and uh, then what you can find is you're getting overrun by the competition. And so even if you're a second-generation general contractor, you probably already know, uh, whether you're executing or not, you probably already know that uh, if, if you know that there's a better way of doing business. And whether you like it or not, digital you know, media uh, or, or social platform platforms is definitely the way it's going. Um, so, yeah, they didn't embrace that. And, of course, the whole thing collapsed. 700 stores some and a company that had been started 70-odd years ago um, – failed to embrace, you know, future technologies and pay the ultimate price. Uh, another company there is Pan Am, uh, Pan America Airlines. Uh, that was established in 1927. And ultimately, the reason that the fail, failure of that airline was uh, attributed to they overinvested in the existing business model and not in, in, in future business models. And so it's amazing. And they went bankrupt in 1991. So, YouTube wasn't around, Facebook wasn't around, emails weren't around, World Wide Web wasn't around. There's a whole bunch of technologies. And even in the late 80s, early 90s, they ended up on the rocks. So I think all of what I'm telling you here is just about, hey, I want to tell you right now, whether you like it or not, there is a better way to do business. And that includes everything from your marketing, your branding, your marketing message, the way yeah, you deliver sales services, the way you deliver your construction services, the way you manage projects, the way that you recruit, um, you know, the systemization within the business, uh, everything to do with your business, I will tell you. I'll tell you the thing that is you can guarantee, the two things that you can guarantee is death and taxes. The rest of it, it's just it's a it's a, it's in the state of flux. It's a moving target. The final example I've got here is good old GM, um, and I think they hold the credentials for the largest bankruptcy in history. Uh, obviously, there was a government bailout, but again, uh, the the uh, the reasons or what attributed to their failure was failure to innovate and uh, blatantly ignored the competition. I don't know the details around that. But my warning to you is that if, if somebody else that you know is doing something that seems, you know, maybe just a little bit frivolous, um, then you, you may need to just give it a little bit more respect than that and go, okay, why are they doing what they're doing? And if it was to, if they were to pull it off, you know, if they were to perfect that, is that going to actually improve the way they do business and possibly exclude me, the marketplace? Uh, as far as being, uh, you know, effective. So, uh, and GM, they're a hundred-year-old business. And it's, uh, so look, if these massive companies can can fail be on, on the back of their inability to, say, innovate uh, or acknowledge change, then your general contracting company 
has the potential to just be average at best. Think about that. So let me just pivot slightly to help shock your mindset a little bit and maybe help you to be a little more open with uh, what might be on the horizon um, that you should maybe embrace or at least give some some level of respect and maybe even go deeper and apply some uh, due diligence to. Uh, to give you some extent examples of <clears throat> some shit that might be weird or stupid or have been coined that, uh, let me start with bottled water. Um, there's definitely... I guess everyone would kind of head nod and go, well, yeah, I never would have thought, you know, 15 years ago. I mean, when I grew up in the 90s and uh, you would, bottled water was just ridiculous. That was like weird. And why would you do that? There's perfectly good clear stuff running out of the tap. You don't have to pay for that uh, other than maybe in some property taxes or whatever, water rates. Um, Why would we do that? And so, you know, and yet today uh, you can buy a Big Mac and fries and have a water instead of a pop or a soda or, or a soft drink. So uh, there's one example. Another example, uh, and this will get all the single guys burnt up, but uh, Tinder, online dating, that was super creepy, super weird. Uh, I've never done it. I've been happily married for over a quarter of a century, so I've never had to get involved in that. But in this day and age right now in 2021, it's definitely the norm. It's definitely, you know, it's a time saver. Uh, Once upon a time, you'd hit nightclubs and that was the way it went on. Um, not so much these days. It's it's very resourceful and efficient and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, so yeah, that's one of those things. The other thing, which is which would never thought would get get going, uh, was Uber. Uh, I know that in the town we live, we don't have access to that. Uh, I've often gone back to Australia, and the option to use Uber over cabs was was the go. Um, uh, it's definitely in some of the major centres here in Canada. It's very normal for Uber to take the place. Of, of cabs and it strikes me as why isn't why wasn't it the cab companies that come up with this is where you know the cab companies may or may not this may be their downfall maybe not uh, but why didn't someone within the cab company come up with it I think they just got fat and happy and if you get fat and happy in your construction business this is exactly what's going to happen to you there is so much opportunity they have literally left the money on the table and I can't remember the founder's name of Uber but he saw a, an opportunity, he saw a need, uh, whether that was time-saving or whether it was cost-saving, I have a feeling it was more time-saving, but uh, he saw the opportunity and he pursued it. Um, so that's something that's maybe a little weird, possibly even stupid, or could be uh, called that um, as it became uh, a thing. The other, the other uh, let's call it a service, Airbnb. I mean, it's the freakiest thing where you can go online and you can actually book a room or a, a whole house or and you can go and stay in someone's house. I mean, that just that was weirded. That was that weird me out to know that you can sort of just have some stranger come in and rent your house. Like, um, I'd be too afraid of maybe losing my vinyl record kit if uh, I did that. But again, that was something that would was was very only very recent. But uh, maybe fifteen years ago, that would have just been absurd, Firkin absurd. Uh, and the last the last little example I've got there is online shopping. Uh, I can't say that I was super confident with online shopping for obviously, uh, you know, the, all of the fraudulent concerns that might happen with credit cards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, I am probably an Amazon junkie. I run a business here and I two-thirds of my stationary shopping would come out of Amazon. I buy a lot of equipment. Uh, I think I bought this this mixing desk for this podcast and these mics from Amazon. So online shopping has very much become the norm. It's no longer a something that is weird or stupid. 
So I guess the, the challenge out of that example is that, you know, unfortunately, people's opinions and perceptions can actually become stronger than the truth. And I think sometimes if we don't stand back and just take a, a bigger, um, you know, look at the bigger picture, we can potentially undermine our own success. So to shut all this down and just as a conclusion, um, you know, I think man's opinion of the future destroyed some pretty solid brands. You've got to remember that, you know, whether it's Pan Am or Blockbuster, you know, or Toys R Us or any of those, they, they, there was a group of humans that had an opinion about where they thought this whole, in, their industry was going. And they, they, what they did is they bet against the little guy. They thought, no way will this Netflix character ever render us obsolete or irrelevant. And as you know, um, everybody loves Netflix. I mean, we would never dream of getting in our car to go and rent a, a movie. That's redonkulous. Why would I do that? Um, and, and of course, I've got six kids and they all grow up now. Netflix is like, what's, what's a videotape? They, they don't even know what a cat, forget about a, you know, a record. Like, what is all that? So everything is so digital. So, you know, that, that's where man's opinion of, of the future and how it's going to evolve really did uh, destroy some solid brands. Um, all of the examples that uh, were destroyed, they, they did not embrace change. They disrespected the competition and they lacked vision. And so, you know, I want to wrap up by, by I say all of that to say this. Franchising in the construction sector is like Netflix in the early days, maybe late 90s, mid-90s. Franchising in the construction... I am sure, I know that, that Smith & Sons is not the only brand. We have a big brother brand and it's a billion-dollar business. It's been around since 1993. So Smith & Sons has been around for 13 years and uh, it piggybacked off a lot of the, the research and development and a lot of the vision from the business owners of that brand and that was all imported and translated and transposed to suit Smith & Sons. Uh, we, we are going to be the largest renovation general contractor in North America. Uh, I hope I'm going to be historically correct. I think I will be uh, because the momentum that we're slowly gathering in three countries uh, is, 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 is not like anybody else or anything else. And so um, really that translates to into the day-to-day -day business that we do. And so if you're sitting there, and of course, I've only just got off the phone to several individuals today, and they're, they're in the early stages of investigating this opportunity that is Smith & Sons. You know, they understand that there's a risk there because it's lack of education. So, you know, I want, I want you to investigate. If you're interested in doing something different in the building game and you're sick of going around the mountain and around the mountain and year in, year out, it's the same old, same old, then you've got to step back and go, is what I'm doing blockbuster? And if there is another little Netflix that's starting to appear and emerge in the marketplace, do I need to go and investigate that and give it some, some due respect? Because you may make a decision today whether you decide to join forces with a Smith & Sons type brand or choose not to, and then in five years from now realize that, oh, I should have bought Facebook shares when they were a dollar a piece because now they're worth $380 or $1,000. I don't even know what they're worth. So just be careful that you don't your own opinion doesn't trip you up. Um, you know, I don't even want to start talking about cryptocurrency, but I have a feeling I should have bought some Bitcoin in 2014 because I would say that I'd be doing okay today. But maybe I lacked vision and I wasn't open to that and maybe I didn't even know about it back then. So uh, look, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, look, feel free to, you can text me on 250241. 
8866. You can email me directly on max at businessforbuilders.ca. Uh, look, if you want to share this information with someone, maybe you've got a, a business partner or maybe you've got a prospective business partner that you want to chat uh, to them about the possibility of, of purchasing a Smith & Sons franchise, uh, I, I think you can. You, you will not hurt yourself by just kicking tires and investigating. Uh, we will give you all the information that you need. This podcast is definitely one of those resources where you can get to know us, get to know who we are and how we think and a little bit about what we do. Um, but we would certainly love to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, if you know someone that you uh, that may, this may be of interest, feel free to share this information. Feel free to comment below and we will get back to you as promptly as we can. Uh, but this is all towards building a high-performance building company. If you're already on it and you got it sorted, congratulations. Go and knock it dead. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Business for Builders podcast. Cheers. Cheers. <music>